gentlemen. Hi, guys. God, we're on a roll. Episode four. We're killing it. We're actually recording this episode uh, today while our first podcast episode is being released, and you guys are the best. We've got so many good comments and so much good juju. We're just loving it. We love you. Thanks for supporting us. This is not an easy thing, but it's something that we really enjoy, and we're really excited to keep it coming for you guys. So we are. stick with us. It's going to get better from here. Yeah. I just have all the warm fuzzies. Yeah. I don't get much for warm fuzzies, but if I could get them, that would be it. Aw. <laughs> I'll get all the warm fuzzies for you, but we're going to get rid of all the warm fuzzies, and we're going to talk about murder. Murder! Should we introduce ourselves? Yeah, you? I suppose. I mean, I feel like we don't have a lot of foreign listeners that wouldn't know us, but... Just in case, like, someday we're super famous. Someday. And someone's listening to this because we have 100 million... Yeah, when we're like George and Karen or Ashley and Britt. Exactly. We're Morgan and Amber. I'm Morgan. And I'm Amber. And we are your podcast hosts for the evening. Yes. Settle in. Grab yourself a glass of wine glass of bubbly it's time for murder happy hour Woohoo! okay so today we're gonna talk about the keddy cabin murders this was actually a listener suggestion yes this was this is our first you pick them yeah we have a spot on our website and or you can just like facebook us yeah. or whatever let us know if you add us yeah check us out instagram we're on all the places instagram facebook we have a website we do. It's we don't like, have t-shirts yet. No. Someday. Maybe someday. Does Once anybody, we get to, like, episode 10, we'll talk about it. Does anybody want to make us a t-shirt? Yeah, does anybody want to do a design for us? We'd be all, we'd be all over that. Anybody? Hit us up. So, the Keddy Family Murders. Mur- mur- the Keddy Family Murders at Cabin 28. This it's, one's a weird oh, one. Oh, it's like straight out of a horror film. It's awful. It actually is said to have inspired the movie The Strangers. Oh, which if you haven't watched that movie... It's creepy. Don't. Don't. It's I mean, scary. do, but don't. Ugh. There is a lot of similarities, though. There is, yeah. That's what I thought, too. Okay, so it's the Keddy Cabin Murders because it happened in, our, in California at the Keddy Resort yes. in Cabin 28 back in mm-hmm. April... Of 19... 1981. Were you giving me background music? Yeah. <laughs> As I'm doodling on my paper here, don't mind me. All right. I like I liked the mood. Head in the clouds. I liked it. Nothing unusual. <laughs> Nothing to see here. So let's first talk about who all is involved. There's a lot of... Get your pen and paper, kids. Uh, yeah, seriously. Like, we'll give you a minute. Or, like, just hit pause. <laughs> Yeah, we don't need to give a minute. This is live. <laughs> okay, got your pen and paper? Great. You're going to want to take notes. I did. So we have Sue Sharp. She is the mom in this situation. Mom. And her son, John. Then we have Dana, who is John's friend, who is hanging out with John. We also have Tina, who is Sue's daughter. Yes. So these are your four main characters, I guess we'll say. Sue, yeah. the mom, John, the son, Dana, John's friend, and Tina, the daughter. Also in the cabin at the time, we have Ricky, who is another son, Greg, another son, and then their friend, 
Justin, who lived nearby, I think. I think he was kind of a neighbor. Wasn't there another daughter, too? Yes. And then there was one more character in this story, and her name is Sheila, and she's the daughter. She's, like, the oldest daughter. Yep. From what I've gathered. Yes. So, if you have that all written down, ready there's to There's a lot of names ready to, to keep roll. track of There is, because there's more. These are just the victims. Yeah, this, this is victims. Which is so sad. And witnesses, I guess you would call them. Right. So give us a little background. Tell us about it. Okay, so, Sue. How did they come to be there? Sue was a single mom with all her kids. Five of them, to be exact. Five children and a single mom. Oof, God I mean, bless America. Yeah, props to her. And I don't think her ex-husband slash the kid's dad was like eh, exactly an upstanding character from what I've read we could we'll get into that later but so she wanted to get away and she chose this Ketty resort in California and from what I can tell from researching this is that it really is a place to get away like the population right now is 66 yeah so I don't know what it was in 81 but party hopping yeah, it seems like if you just wanted to get away from it all, go live at a cabiny resort. So Cabin twenty eight. Yeah. And it was cheap. And she was a single mom of five kids. I would imagine that would factor in. Exactly. I mean she's doing what she can. It looked deep. like it looked, it looked fine. fine. Yeah. There like, was a playground. Yeah, good for her, you know. Everybody seemed to be perfectly content and living their life and making friends and Yeah. Um but the idyllic cabin life was soon to end. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the murders? I would love to. So it was late evening, uh, April 11th, 1981. Um, there was Sue in the house, her son John, daughter Tina, and John's friend Dana. Sheila was at her friend's house down the road, and the... Other three boys, Ricky, Greg, and Justin, were also in the cabin, um, sleeping in a different room, I believe, or yeah. playing in a different room. They were they were not in the same room. Um, they were murdered. They were bound. They were beaten. They were were some stabbed, I believe, bludgeoned. It was like um, it this, was everything you could possibly. This think was as of. hard to keep track of yeah. as the names. There was hammers and guns and, and knives and. and electrical wire and tape they were taped up the mom was naked from the waist down it looked like all of their bodies had been um oh no sorry so they were all bound with adhesive tape and wire they were bludgeoned to death one knife blade was bent in two that's how hard that they were stabbed that is that's that's something so um come the morning of 412, so April 12th, their bodies are discovered by Sheila, the oldest daughter who is 14. Poor Sheila. Yes. So found murdered in the house were Sue, her son John, and John's friend Dana. Um, the Sue's two younger sons, Ricky and Greg, and friend Justin were in the house unharmed, asleep. 
Um, Tina was not found anywhere in the home. She was missing, and they had no clue where she was. It was, um, Sheila was the one that found them all, and it was a very, very brutal scene. It looked like at one point some of the kids were maybe walking through the blood. Like, there it was, was... Yeah, so, yeah, like, one of the deputies that was on the scene said that there was literally blood everywhere. Like, their feet, their clothes, the door, the floor, the ceiling, the furniture, it... I can't even imagine. Like a literal bloodbath. Yeah, like such overkill. So the interesting thing about this is that other families were literally 15 feet away and heard nothing. Like the cabins were 15 feet apart. Well, and I... And nothing was heard. Yeah, not a peep. I read, I read in one place, so this just seems kind of weird because I didn't read it or hear it anywhere else, that one couple heard screams in the middle of the night and then just went back to sleep. I guess they just didn't really know where they were coming from, didn't, like, just were minding their own business, I guess. But I don't know how true that is, because I kind of also heard that yeah. nothing was heard. Regardless, nobody near them nobody heard anything. No. 15 feet away. The cabin's even, 15 feet apart. Even the boys. The three boys that were in the house did not hear anything. It was, they woke up and there it was. Not good. Um, so they immediately began a search for Tina's body. She was not found, or not even her body at this point. They didn't know if she had been kidnapped, if she had been murdered, if both. They they had no idea what was going on. Yeah, so they were kind of trying to figure out what was going on because it didn't really seem like there was any motive. Um, there was no forced entry yep. at all. Um, Nothing was stolen from the house. Yeah, it just seemed like this super random, brutal murder. So they first thought, their first thought when Tina was missing was that maybe it was the dad, Sue's ex-husband and the dad of the kids. Um, he had sexually abused both Sheila and Tina in the past, and I read somewhere that Tina was his favorite, which puke. Oh, that makes me want to vomit. So gross. But... Um, Eventually, they found that he had an alibi, so it wasn't him. Yeah, he was out of state, so it actually was not him. So, they began this manhunt for Tina. Uh, she was not found until April 1984, when her bones were found at Camp 18, California, which was some distance from the scene. Yeah, it was a ways away. Um, they did find that all of them were likely rearranged after death. Sue was probably in an indecent position. They think that she was likely raped, but I don't know if they ever did actually test for that. The boys' bodies had been moved as well because there was random pools of blood laying, blood laying in other places in the house. Yeah, and they, like, propped up Dana's head on a pillow. Yes. And they, like, covered Sue up with a blanket. Yeah. Just... So crazy. So, of course, as they're looking for suspects, they're thinking that, like, definitely more than one person mm -hmm. had to be involved because there was so much going on, so many different things. So they looked into the dad, and obviously he was cleared. Um, going to be give you kind of a spoiler alert here. Not even a spoiler, because to this day we don't know what happened in Cabin 28. But there's a theory that Martin Smart, who was... Justin's stepdad and his friend Severin John Bobaday were the two that murdered Sue and the family. 
um, there were thoughts that Sue had been, Sue was friends with Martin's wife and had apparently been telling Martin's wife that she should leave him, that he was abusive, he was mean, he was cheating on her, all of the above. And um, Severin... John Bobaday, who they called Bo, so we're just gonna go with that from now I on. I like. I actually just want to hear you call him Severin John Bobaday every time. Severin John Bobaday. <laughs> that he had been hitting on Sue, and she had not taken to his advances. She was not a fan of that. Yeah. So this seems like two strikes against Sue. She is, you know, mm-hmm. telling the wife of Martin to leave him. She's rejecting Bo's advances. There was also a theory that Sue was having an affair. Yes. With Martin. But I don't think that was corroborated mm. at all. That just seems like this seems like the era of victim blaming and yes. let's try to just come up with random stuff. I don't know. So Martin and Bo had met in a VA hospital. They had both been patients there. Bo had kind of some major mental illness problems. Wasn't he in prison too yes he had been in prison got out of prison was in a va hospital and i don't know for sure but i want to say martin had spent some time in and out of the system yeah they were both not not top-notch characters no not upstanding citizens for sure nope um so the thought is that they were the two that probably did it they're who was it, Justin, that said that he, Sheila said that, yeah, she saw Justin. The, ju- no, it came, like, the, Justin. Justin said he saw the two the men two in men. the house. But he didn't say this at first. At first no. he didn't remember. He went under hypnosis. Yeah. Justin's the friend. Martin's stepson, Justin, is the friend who was in the house when the murders occurred. Just so you can follow along here. And he previously said he thought he saw two people, and then he said he dreamed it, and then he went under hypnosis and said that it actually did happen. And he gave composite sketches that we'll load up onto Instagram for you guys to see. But um, of these two individuals that he said were there and committed the crime. One had longer hair and a mustache. The other one was clean-shaven and had shorter, more professional look yeah, to him. Yeah, which, and they look like Martin and yeah. Bo. Yes. But, it's just so bizarre. It's a very, very strange, strange scenario. So shortly after the murders, Martin left for Reno and wrote his wife a letter. And the letter said, I quote, I've paid the price for your love, and now I've bought it with four people's lives. If that ain't a confession, I don't know what is. Right? That's so... I don't... That's creepy. Martin's wife uh, said that she didn't remember getting the letter, but that the handwriting did look like his. I'm pretty sure that's a letter that you would remember getting if your ex-husband was a suspect in a murder investigation, and he said he took four people, or paid for it with four people's lives. Yeah, I didn't really understand what was going on there but there was a lot of actual evidence like that that Mm -hmm. kind of seemed to be shoved under the rug yeah for sure i was getting a lot of police corruption vibes Mm -hmm. from this investigation um so along with that i don't know maybe she didn't get the letter maybe the police had the letter i don't know i will say that there was also a therapist in reno 
who called police and said that Marty had confessed to him about killing Sue. Not anybody else, but Sue. And police were told, but no arrest was made. So, that's just, confession number two yep, for those counting. That was lost. Lost, lost in the no, evidence. Nothing done with it. So, there was a... So, eventually Tina's remains were found at Feather Falls, which was a location around... Camp 18, California, wherever that may be. Yeah, I think it was like a little ways from... Yes, and police were talking about the skull on the news. So there was a call that came in on the third anniversary of the killings, and the caller said, Hello, I was watching the news, and they were talking about the skull they found at the Feather Falls, and they asked for any help. And the dispatcher said, "Uh Uh-huh. The caller said, and I was just wondering if they thought of that murder up in Keddie, up in Plumas County, a couple years ago, where the 12-year-old girl was never found. And guess... Well, that's interesting. Guess what happened to that tape? She go. Shoved in a box. Never to be seen. Yes. Well. Well, it's been seen by somebody. It's been seen now, but... Been seen by somebody. Don't know who. you're whispering either this is a secret podcast now secret get in close let me tell you a secret (laughs) um so obviously the police are seeming like they're a little bit corrupt but this kind of makes sense because the sheriff was martin's bestie that interesting. It isn't it just so interesting. Funny so, how that comes around. Yeah, so they just they let him go. They let Martin and his friend Bo leave. Severin John Bo Bidet. Skip town. They're Severin, Severin, whatever. Bo 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 Bidet. Bo Bidet. They're gone. Yep. So they have never really had any Total, I don't guess. I'm doing a lot of shoulder shrugging and head nodding and shaking right now, which I've just realized that you can't see, so I'm just telling you about it. Yes, they (laughs) they have never been able to find evidence that these men um, actually committed their crime, and they're both dead at this point, so we shall never know. So that's it. We shall never know. It's done. It's cold. Um, In March, I'm sorry, The fourth month is April, not March. In April of 2018, there was a DNA match to a living suspect. And there is talk that there was possibly as many as six people involved in the murder and cover-up. There there almost has to be. Yes, there has to be more than two. Whether it be police or another living suspect. But you can't really find much about who these other living suspects are. Like, you can literally Google Keddie family suspects and all you find... Is about Martin Smart and Severin John Bobaday. Exactly. But, I don't know, I guess maybe that means that they're actually onto something. That would be okay. I mean, it could. But, as far as I know, it's still a cold case, and it just seemed like they had a lot of evidence to go off of, and it just got shoved in crummy evidence boxes, and... Never to be seen or heard from again. Yes. Well, well, that was a nice pause. We're still here. We're, we're not sleeping. We're not sleeping. 
Just drinking. Just, just drinking wine. Just having more wine. We had to get a sip. I don't know. That's... What a way to end. What a way to end this episode. Everybody's dead. No climactic ending. No. We need to come up with a tagline. Lock your freaking doors. Lock your doors. freaking doors. Lock them. Bye. Bye.